Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. I hope you had a fabulous summer and are looking forward to the fall season because you know what that means. That's right. It's pumpkin season. (laughs) Yes, I'm one of those people that anything that has pumpkin in it, I'm all about. The next thing I really look forward to is all the activities, all the sports my friends' kids play in. I love going. I'll go to anything. Love it all. Which brings me to my next guest. What an amazing couple they are, Laura and Gavin. They started an organization called The Hurricanes. It's a nonprofit organization dedicated to promoting female leadership and empowerment through education and collaboration. Ah, so needed, so needed in the world. I was just floored of how they found time to do this and how they're impacting women all over the world. I know you're going to want to share this. I promise you will be inspired. Even if you don't have girls on your own, I'm telling you, you are just freaking going to be blown away, blown away. So share, like, Ray, you know how much I really appreciate that. I really do. You guys are the freaking most awesome people. Have fun. And until next time, toodles. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life. And as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. I know, I know I've been telling you about this all week. Who runs the world? Girls. Who runs the world? Girl. Yeah, women, we roll. But we make exceptions for some men. Anywho, let's get back to my two guests today. Before I bring them on, Laura and Gavin, boy, oh boy, have they taken on something. And I'm so proud of them. Wait till you read or listen to their bio. Their parents to four, yes, take a deep breath in, four female children. Laura and Gavin Harris are all too familiar with the assumptions, expectations, and beliefs that often limit, inhibit, and devalue their kids based on gender. After one too many negative experiences coaching young girls, Laura and Gavin decided to dedicate themselves to the disruption of these intolerable but accepted naughty social norms and started her Canes as a passion project. Their ultimate goal is for all girls and women to be seen, heard, and appreciated exactly as they are. Is it too much to ask? and to honor and celebrate the ways they show up in the world as equal in value to men. Well, hello, Laura and Gavin. How are you guys? Great, Sandy. It's good to be here. And Gavin, thank you for joining us. It's very rare we have two guests at the same time. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. And Gavin, we're going to start with you. You ready? Yep. I always ask my guest, you can't pick the same one. If you had one word to best describe your past 30 days, I don't care what it is, good, bad, or ugly, what's that one word and why did you pick it? Uh, The word is service. 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 I've never had that. Okay. 
Why service? Tell us more. So I feel a, um, as a white heterosexual male, I feel a tremendous responsibility to be uh, in service to the, to everyone who is sort of a departure from the peak of privilege. And, um, and, and so I do that with family. I do that at my paid job. I do that through hurricanes and, uh, it fills my cup and it nourishes my soul and, um, it drives me. Wow. That's a good word. I like that. And can you believe it? No one's ever picked that one. <laughs> ever. I love it. Service. All right. Laura, what's your word? I would say my word is evolving. I trying to better myself as much as possible in, in any different and all possible ways, whether it's as a parent or a partner or a nonprofit founder or a friend or a community volunteer. Uh, I am constantly reevaluating, reassessing, taking a step back, trying to identify my triggers, my hot buttons, the things that don't serve me well in life and figuring out how to, you know, distance myself or replace those things with um, better mindsets, better behaviors. So I would say that I'm, I'm trying my best to constantly evolve. Aren't we all? I have a dragonfly necklace that I wear almost every day because it's about transformation and reminding me of that. All right. Well, you two must be incredible parents. Come on. I mean, trying to learn, be in service, become a better person. I, I do tell my son every day, he makes me want to be a better person. Yeah. Your kids do that for you. All yeah. right. Who had the brainstorm? Who had to convince who? Or don't tell me you both had it at the same time for hurricanes. The idea was so organic. It would be impossible to give either one of us credit it was really just it, it like presented itself wow to us. you know we we had uh like you read earlier just a series of things that were disappointing as we were coaching young female athletes and um on a board of a sports league and you know we would just come home and talk about things and just reflect on it and it it really just it was obvious to us that we could wow. do something to make a difference. So we the the credit for the the word crafting goes to Lara. So we, it originally started as our uh, team name, and we had a, a friend help us with the logo, and we had this, of course, this big banner for our team. And everywhere we went, people would come up and take pictures with the banner. They just. Oh. Like the feedback that we got on the her at Canes uh, just had like we, you know, we had this idea for what we wanted to do in terms of our passion project, but it didn't have a name. And then when Lara came up with the name for our team, that got so much traction and attention and positive feedback. We thought, well, this is perfect. Let's just, uh, to borrow Lara's word, evolve this <laughs> Uh, team name into our uh, nonprofit or a passion project name. Okay, you two. Wait, don't you live in California? Yes. You're just the cutest people. I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, seriously. 
in spite of living in California? <laughs> no, I mean, like, I was going to say, I could come hug you. And I'm like, you know, I'm in Philadelphia, so that's a long flight. But you that's what it's all about. Like, it's not that you had to convince the other person to do it. You were like, uh, yeah, we're doing this. And you both are on the same page, which is great. So, Laura, hurricanes. I mean, it's so, like, obvious but ingenious. It's just freaking ingenious and to me as soon as I hear it I feel empowerment like you know I want to be on your team like I want to be part of the hurricanes like I'm going to run out there like that so I want to ask you because I know we talked a little before we came on air about your own personal journey because I thought it was all about the kids you know and that's what prompted it but you yourself had some experiences to go okay enough is enough so can you share one of those stories with us Oh, sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> we love these stories. I mean, at, at this point, we tell them, you know, with with laughter and we we share, you know, uh, and we exchange glances because we love telling this story. But at the time, you wouldn't even believe how worked up we were. Um, we were coaching uh girls softball and we'll get into the the exact details of what brought on the conversation um it, you know there was some conflict between coaches parents you know just adult not great behavior in front of kids mm-hmm. and um gavin was um talking to another adult male coach who referred to me as that bossy girl coach and you know, they didn't I didn't know you were the wife. They didn't know you were the wife. Oh, no, didn't know we were married. Didn't know that I was on the board. I mean, we all know, every woman knows how loaded that word bossy is and just how uh-huh. infuriating it is. And then to also be called a girl. I mean, we know full well he would not have referred to Gavin as that boy coach. That's just, <laughs> that doesn't happen. <laughs> Right. So, you know, that that just took me over the edge because I thought here is someone who is spending multiple hours a week with young girls who's supposed to be a role model, who's supposed to be guiding and teaching and coaching. And that's the kind of language that comes out of his mouth. It, It kind of made us think, well, what's happening that we're not seeing? We're not, you know, that's another team. We're not at their practices. We only play them once a month. We don't know. And, and um, you know, I, I, I don't want to speak for Gavin, but I, I know that he for sure had a sense of sort of protecting what else could be happening that we're, we aren't aware of. I mean, that might on the surface seem like, oh, those are just words. But if that's the kind of mindset someone has, then for sure their actions follow suit. Yes. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started with words. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So Gavin, standing there, knowing he's talking about your wife, I can just imagine your face. Like, like what were you thinking? Like, oh, my God. Well, fortunately, I consider myself uh, an evolved, emotionally intelligent, non-volatile man. And That's so, good. You know, <laughs> because I'm sure that somebody else might have just like slugged him. Yeah. Uh, but my reaction was sort of mouth agape, like, and, and I actually said to him, 
So that woman is a woman, not a girl. And she's a coach and she's also a board member. So maybe a little bit more respect and deference is due here. So would you like to rephrase your description? And there was another board member standing there as sort of like the mediator. And he thought, you know, it was going to get worse. But my like and I had tried to uh, already address the situation and, and the behavior and it just, um, you know, it came to a head in that moment and you could see like we had he had girls on his team who were on our t- on our team in prior seasons and their behavior was so much different on his team than on our team and and so mm. to Laura's point like we knew that there was an influence there and it wasn't yeah. good and it wasn't healthy and it, it may have you know it may not have been like malicious or nefarious or anything or, or even misogynistic like even yeah, if we go that direction but even if he was well-intentioned he was making a lot of mistakes in the way that he treated females yeah, yeah. and again even with good intentions that needs to be addressed and so that's like our position on that particular board was to be in charge of player and coach development and so we thought we have a lot of work to do <laughs> And, and <laughs> like we we need to dig into this and and th- I mean that was that was just one of a few different examples yeah. That, yeah. that that uh, propelled us that acted as catalysts to turn what was already a passion project into something more global yeah. because we were thinking like you know we live in a, a in a very diverse. Um, uh, you know, not just like socioeconomically, but also ethnically, ethnically diverse area. Yeah. And we live in a place where we think that people have exposure to to other good, positive role models and people. And yet this is the the behavior that we're yeah. seeing. And so we thought we need to do something bigger than just our league in yeah. just our yeah. own community. We need to, to to stretch this. And then once we started it, the traction that we got it, we just knew that it was um, way bigger than just us, way bigger than just our league and our community and, and yeah. our state. Like it, it needed to expand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, Laura, let's start with you first. How do your daughters feel about what you do? Are they like so pumped or like, you know, it's mom and dad? Like, Yeah. So, well, that's that's a great question. And um there's uh, multiple different answers I could give you. Um, Depending on the child. (laughs) Right, right. Well, um, overall, I think all four of them are very proud of us. They have different levels of interest. You know, they range in age from nine to 16. So there's sort of Mm -hmm. a different um, understanding and impression of what we do. Yeah. Um, One really interesting thing that has come out of it that has (laughs) to go back to um evolving um has has changed a bit for us um if you'll notice uh when in the bio we gave you i you know i grappled with the wording and i landed on female children because um in our family not all four of them 
identify as girls. Yeah. And, you know, there's um, sort of various stages of how that's evolving. I think, you know, as a side note, this generation is just so amazingly open and accepting and beautifully defining who they are. Yeah. And so we've sort of been through an evolution of dissecting gender versus sex and 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 then also sexuality jumps into that and so this is all pretty regular you know at least weekly topic in our household and so it's been interesting to sort of discuss how you know we use the the word her in hurricanes we talk about empowerment leadership you know we use the word female women girl but we really we really mean everyone who identifies in any sense of, of like, again, as Gavin mentioned, further away from the peak of privilege, right? So gender is just one piece of our intersectionality. And if you don't identify as a cis man, you're pretty much in the the pot of everybody else who identifies as some other way besides the sort of stereotype yeah. benchmark of society. So I think, you know, we also talk about how we can't solve all the world's problems at once. So, you know, we, we focus on gender, but, um, you know, we really, we realize that there's so many other pieces of that and we try to, um, you know, incorporate different lenses of diversity. Yeah. You know, we have um, an advisory council that has a lot of different representation on it. And and so, you know, to circle back and really answer your question, there's been a lot of discussion about, yeah. can I be a hurricane if I don't really feel like I'm a girl? And our answer, our answer is yes. Yeah, I mean, Gavin's a hurricane and he's not a girl. So it's really all about empowerment and gender equality, regardless of, you know, how you identify. Yeah. And, and so I think, you know, that's that's been one huge um, eye-opening experience for us from the little people in our lives. <laughs> You know, it's it's the lessons go both ways. Oh, they'll keep you on your toes, won't yeah. they? You know, <laughs> and uh, you know, your passion project—you didn't pick an easy one. You know, <laughs> you're coming in like diving in head first with all these other things going on. That being said, because I have a son who just graduated high school. I'm way too familiar. Like, mom, you really should say it this way. Mom, that's not how you refer to it. And I I try. I try really hard, but I think it's so needed. And I love the way the, the young generation is, you know? They're making me even more so try to just meet someone without any judgment and just, you know, listen. Yeah. And my big thing every day is, whether you're a mom, your dad, and this, an athlete, whatever you are, trying not to see that label and just get to know them. And I thought I was really good at it, but apparently I have a long way to go. 
<laughs> I'm just scratching yeah. the surface here. So good for you. I mean, because you're right. You went into it with this, but this generation really needs that, which before you came on, I did ask my peeps some questions for you. And oh boy, <laughs> they have lots of questions. First of all, let's get the big one out of the way. Gavin, they want to know, and this is from a dad, do you hear all the time? Now, this guy has five girls and one boy. Hello. And he said, all I ever hear is you don't really understand. How could you understand? Do you get that, Gavin? And what do you say in response? It's like having a baby. You can't understand what it's like to deliver a child. Like, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get that from within our family. (laughs) Um, And I try to I try to hold space for that position. Like, I get that that is um, that that that's the the, their perspective. Um, And so my my response is. Um, well, before I get to the response, let me like let me address the that question as it relates to other people within our network and and tribe. Because in the last eighteen months, I've spoken to I do uh, the majority of our outreach, and so I've spoken to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women about hurricanes. And what I get from those women isn't the question of like you don't understand how could you be doing this. It's like man, I wish there were more men who would be allies. But within our own family... That's a different thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But within our own family, what what I try to do with that, like you don't understand, is ask the, like, make the statement, help me. Yeah. Like, what, what do I need to know from your perspective that will help me understand how you see this and Lara used the word earlier lens like I don't have the same lenses and so for me to see it the way somebody else does I I need to hold space and, and listen and ask how, how it makes them feel or what they're going through and and um, again just ask a lot of questions because I, I don't understand but I would like to and I may not be able to ever know what it's like to be in a particular position or have a particular perspective or know what it's like to, you know, have my period. But at the same time, I, I'm not opposed to engaging in those sometimes uncomfortable or, or challenging conversations to, to better understand, not just our kids, but also that those things that are, especially that are, are sort of female, or gendered, whether it's like, you know, what profession women should, girls or women should go into, like, you know, pushing people that way, or like, you know, girls should, are supposed to like pink or versus blue. And what do I do with the feeling of somebody who's like, I don't, I don't relate to pink. You know, I don't even relate to blue. I, I relate to, you know, puce or something, <laughs> other, you know, weird color. Um, 
so for me, like I, I do want to understand and my entire life has been trying to figure out and, and understand and, and like respect and admire and appreciate people for who they are and how they show up and their efforts and their integrity and their abilities as opposed to gender or color of their skin or any other mm-hmm. things that don't really, uh, you know, that don't really matter for, for some things. Like I want to, again, hold space for the difference and appreciate that there is a different experience. And at the same time, uh, um, you know, give value to that and, and say like your experience and in your perspective, like I value that and I want to know. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a long winded answer, but that's, that's no, no. And you know what? I think we always call him fake names, Billy Bob. Dad is talking about his, five girls, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And you answered, I love the way you say, help me understand, like help me see different lens. Laura, this is a big one. So we're going to give it to you. Here we go. This mom, her son is in the process of, um, he's transgender. So he was a male and now female and applying to the different teams. Do you have any transgenders on your teams and how do you embrace them and feel make them feel comfortable that is that's a great question um to my knowledge we have not had any transgender children on the teams that we have coached i mean we would certainly welcome them um you know i think i have a few different thoughts on this um you know one of our children has been grappling with how to move forward in sports and not wanting to be on a gendered team at all. And um, we've had some discussions about wishing there were more opportunities for children to play co-ed sports uh, until they're older. I mean, that really, it seems to stop for sure solidly in middle school. They just, they you know, gender everything in in sports. So I think um, finding opportunities where that's not an issue, it would be, you know, one suggestion I would have, whether that's, you know, just researching different leagues, different places where um, they still have co-ed teams. Um, You know, unfortunately, I I think I'm not um, well-versed enough in knowing like what the what specific league or school rules are. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But ultimately, I think everyone needs to have their own um, sort of level of integrity that they need to pursue and, you know, take that to whatever level it needs to be taken to, to make the changes happen. So, um, you know, personally, I would certainly embrace anyone who wants to play girls soccer or girls softball and you know the it seems to me that the people who have the really strong fears or concerns you know they're so unfounded it's not (laughs) i I don't see that that a trans girl is choosing that identity because they want to dominate in sports like that's just yeah, a ridiculous that's not it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I think just you know welcoming 
any individual that wants to be part of a team, I mean, we could just be blessed to have somebody that wants to be part of a group with the same goals and, you know, participate in that way. So uh, I think, I hope that there are some changes and some, how I'm really evolution. I mean, I just, there's so many opportunities to say, yeah. to say that word. I hope there's some evolution in sports for young people that allows uh, more co-ed or less restrictions in terms of, yeah. you know, the gender assigned at birth. Yeah, me too. So you gave me both of you four amazing tips and I want to weave them in and I'm not sure who wants to answer what, but I got to get these in because I think these are really good things that people can go away with. So I'm going to start with the first one and just raise your hand. Who wants to go with that one? I love this one. Embrace the power of and and reject the this or that mindset. I always say they will, <laughs> this public speaking, which I met one of our friends, Tammy at Heroic Public Speaking, they always say yes and, <laughs> yes and, who wants to take this one? Gavin, yeah. all right, that works out. So, uh, the power of and, as we call it, is really multifaceted. And our view on this is that for us, what's important is that there, there's uh, masculine energy and there's uh, feminine energy. And, you know, there are certainly stereotypes with that, but, but most everybody has some sense of of that. And some people tend to lean more one way than another. Um, but for us, the power of and is is embracing both of those aspects mm. um, and then also participating vigorously in things that that light you up or that light our hurricanes up. And so, in other words, like you don't have to be a scholar or an athlete. You can be both. And if that's that's what lights you up. If that's what you know nourishes your soul, then then go for it. And in our society, we have so many contradictions, like that that are are foisted on us by our you know sort of antiquated constructs around gender. Like I used the 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 blue versus pink earlier. Like yeah. we find that a lot of our younger hurricanes tend to depart sports at a certain age because they don't think that they can be, you know, on the dance team and the starting quarterback for the football, boys football team. Like, even though that's maybe what they would love to do, um, they, they think they have to choose. And so oftentimes because of these antiquated social constructs around gender, they choose the things that are gendered, you know, quote unquote female. And so what we're trying to do is, is say like, you can be a badass warrior and a nurturing, caring partner, teammate, wow. whatever. You can be an artist and a, you know, a cerebral person too. It's like, you, yeah. you don't have to, to necessarily pick, you certainly can, but we don't want to uh, push gendered constructs on people who feel, who, who don't align with that. 
like this is this is you know we don't live in a in a binary world and so in but but we have we have constructs that are set up to to make it so and so we just we believe in the power of and at every age and at every life stage and and we want to to create a safe and supportive environment where all of our hurricanes at all ages and life stages can show up in the, the ways and, and with the energy masculine or feminine that lights them up. I love that. And it resonates so much to me because my entire life, people would say to me, Sandy, ladies don't act that way. And I used to say, well, who said I'm a lady? Or women in business don't act that way. You'll never be taken seriously. And I would, my line was always be, are you sure? And it's funny with even all I accomplished, Laura and Gavin, I still get that to this day. Uh, it's, it's, and people say to me, no, it's not that way anymore. I go, we've come far, we've come far, but I'm so glad you're doing this because it's still like, Sandy, if you're goofy and quirky, they won't take you seriously as a professional woman for a keynote speaking. Like, why? Like, who said so? Like, and then I had a therapist on, oh God, guys, I got to send this to you. And he's the therapist for a big musical school in New York City. And to bring out the creativity and inspiration all in students. And you know what the number one thing he does in therapy? He gets them to play, you know, and have fun with who they are and embrace it. So there's more than what. Right? All right, Laura, you're up. Honor what being a girl or woman means to the individual without assigning limit. Limiting. Now, I think you already answered this. I'm sorry. It says without assigning limiting assumptions or stereotypes. So we kind of answered that already. Is there anything else you want to add to that? No, I think I think you're right. I mean, that that's sort of been the theme and you just addressed it, you know, being told what what is a lady or a woman. I mean, that's just nonsense. It, it You are you and you can be whoever you want to be and however you want to define it. Yeah. All right. We're going to give you the next one. Break the molds and definitions ascribed to our culture's decidedly masculine version of success. Again, we've touched on it, but let's dive more into it, Laura. Well, so, you know, that's um, that I think resonates um, probably more as you get older. Um, just the idea of, you know, what makes what makes a successful person? Well, I mean, everyone defines their own success, but in our culture, we tend to look at status oriented things like, you know, how much money you make and whether you own a home and what your job title is. And historically, those have all been things that men have done. And I think that it's time to honor success with different definitions. You know, it could be about parenting, it could be about volunteer time, it could be about, you know, self-fulfillment. I mean, whatever it is, you, you define your own success, yeah. but moving away from the things that you need to attain in the outside world, again, that, that have typically been associated with men or masculinity and thinking about success from different perspectives and and from the inside you know yeah. again coming back to like evolution growth mindset i mean 
I consider those types of things some of my biggest successes, you know, breaking um, like family patterns and, you know, changing uh, the the narrative for how I'm going to move forward in my life, despite what happened in the past or parenting differently or, you know, whatever it is to me like that evolution and growth is a real big part of success for me as a human. That's why you two are meant to do this. That's <laughs> why You got to do it. All right. Gavin, life lessons and human skills will last well beyond an athletic career. Invest in young athletes' futures. True, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's really true. And and we find that, again, irrespective of age or life stage, there is a uh, shelf life to to things, you know, oftentimes that um, our, our culture prioritizes or emphasizes and and it. And so when that happens, oftentimes, if uh, the people, whether they're athletes or participating in anything else, one, there's a, there's a, a loss of identity. Um, and two, those, those skills that they focus so much time on, um, now don't serve them in the same ways. And so what we want everybody to understand is that, Yes, if if we're teaching somebody, if, if we're coaches for these young athletes, then we need to teach them the technical skills so that they can field a grounder or hit a ball or set a volleyball or kick a soccer ball or whatever. Um, but at the same time, um, or not, but and at the same time, uh, we need to also encourage them to absorb and work on the human skills of like resilience and tenacity and grit. I mean, especially in a, in a sport that has so much failure, like softball, where even the best players are only getting on base three out of 10 times. And so there is a, tr there's a ton of life lessons, but if, if, if all we're focusing on are the technical skills, then there's not necessarily uh, an absorption or a resonance in what, those human skills do for them uh, and not just in sports, but in all other areas as well. And, and so that's one of the reasons that we spend so much time. And I think because our co culture is so focused on winning, most coaches don't spend time on it because there's so much pressure from parents and from the league and yeah. even from some of the players to like win, win, win. And, and they don't necessarily understand that, the winning is only part of the journey. It's only part of the lesson. And there are a lot of other opportunities to win from sports, athletics, or anything else that don't have anything to do with the outcome of the game, like who had the most runs. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was a, uh, there, there have been so many things uh, recently where um, on both sides of the equation where just profoundly uh, you know inspiring sportsmanship comes into play and then the opposite and so what we're trying to do is is focus on the good stuff and, and uh, help these uh, players to navigate well all of our hurricanes again we use we use the, the term players or or uh, athletes sort of generically because not not all of our hurricanes are athletes some of them participate in other stuff and whether it's Girl Scouts or theater or STEM programs or whatever. 
uh, there are so many opportunities to uh, translate these human skills into uh, success, like Lara said, success that is defined by that person uh, rather than by a school or a family or a community. Um, and that's what we're, we want them to embrace, like feminine side, masculine side, you navigate and figure out who you are and what what fills your cup. Mm. And we have an environment to support that. We have people who are like, I got your back, no matter what, wh yeah. whoever, whatever, I got your back. And what do you need? So, Laura, as far as the hurricanes coming into a team, what Gavin was saying, their main thing, the coaches is about win, win, win. So they're not working so much on these skills. And that's where your organization comes in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we consider it and we try to get the coaches and athletic directors to consider it as an investment in their athletes, an investment in their future. And it's it's rare that you find a really successful, you know, I'm using air quotes there, team in terms of, you know, their their prowess on the court in the arena that doesn't have the other stuff, you know, mm -hmm. if they're rarely just so technically incredible and then they don't have a good team spirit or they don't know how to uh, win with grace and, um, you know, they don't have, uh, they you know, resilient spirits, that sort of thing. So this kind of support and education is complementary to what they're doing uh, in their sport. So we come in and, and we provide speakers or clinics and other enriching opportunities that they can weave into their athletic program. And, um, you know, as Gavin mentioned, it's not exclusively for athletes, but one of the reasons we do it this way is because there's so much research out there that shows how sports and athletics benefit girls in the long run. And um, we've found that bringing these lessons in to a pre-existing group really helps them bring those skills and those lessons to life. And having that synergy within the team or the group we think is what is going to drive systemic change. If you have an entire group that is already working together on the field or on the court, and then they're also bringing these types of human skills to life with and among each other, you know, I mean, I, I wish that the audience could see my hand is literally making the hurricane motion. I mean, that I think is, is really wh where the name rings true for us. It's just that that spiral, that spin, that perpetuating growth that just moves out and out and out. And so I think that's a big reason why we um, focus a lot of our work with with athletes who are on teams, because that built in teamwork helps facilitate the the growth of this movement. You know, I think that's a big thing that people need. I want to drill in their heads is it's not going to take away from them being a successful winning team. It's going to add to it, you know? Right. Add, right. <laughs> it's when I, I just was at a school recently and they were trying to put a 
mindset course in for the high school kids because they're just overwhelmed and a lot of anxiety and stress. So to, to teach prevention, you know, and little things they can do every day, tools. Half the parents stood up and was like, no, no, we can't take away from the art. I'm like, okay, all right, like calm down here. You know, it's not like your kid's not going to get into Harvard. We just want them to be happy, you know, have a not less stress and anxiety while they're getting there. But there are some people, they just couldn't see beyond, you know, that, hello, the kids are freaking out over here, you know? So I'm so glad you're doing it with the athletes because I do agree. Oh my God, you're going to have such huge impact in that arena, you know, such huge impact. All right. So here's the deal. Overwhelmingly, the number one question that I had for both of you, I waited for the end. How? How can you do this? How can they get involved in community service, charities, and work, or have lots of kids? How do you do it without going insane? All right, so the list goes on here. Like, I can't find time, blah, blah, blah. What the heck? They want to know your secret sauce to making this work. That is such a loaded question. It's, I mean, it, wow. I mean, um, we I were, waited to the end. <laughs> we were just talking the other day about um, a tidbit I saw from one of our hurricanes who had been asked, you know, how does she balance it all? And she leaned in and said, I don't. And I think really, I mean, everyone has to define what balance is for them. And for us, we we make certain sacrifices and we prioritize certain things. And, you know, we just we've found kind of our our natural rhythm. And, you know, I think it goes back to definitions of success. So, you know, we live in a pretty expensive part of the country and it's, you know, cost of living here is, is pretty high, but we make some sacrifices because we want to pursue things that, you know, light us up, that make us happy. Our, our kids are super important to us. So, you know, I guess you just have to find, I don't know, find the, the priorities focus on those and let everything else fall into place. It sounds so simple when I say it that way. It, it's it's really not. I mean, it, it's yeah. hard, you know. But yeah. you you know, you just do it and you figure it out as you go along. Yeah. Um, I don't know what what do you have to add to that? I, mean, I think for me, I feel um, I feel lucky and blessed that what drives me and lights me up and fills my cup and and what I'm passionate about and and what I really genuinely enjoy doing also happens to be stuff that I do in hurricanes like I have always even from a very young age been sort of the sheepdog like the protector and and it 
pisses me off when there's inequality or injustice. And, and, um, and so for my entire life, I've wanted to do that. And, and, you know, that, that call to service was pulling me in the direction of the military after a traumatic brain injury during a parachute, uh, jump, uh, that ended my career in the military. And so my call to service, uh, changed, it it Mm -hmm. evolved, um, but it didn't stop. And so I don't, you know, I have lots of friends, as an example, who are spending countless hours per week on, um, you know, the uh, one of those leagues, phony football leagues, where it's like, you know, you pick players and you get points and fantasy, fantasy football. And that doesn't interest me. And that's like not taking anything away from them or yeah. what lights yeah. them up. But I just I don't have any interest in that. And so I can spend my time instead of, you know, watching sports countless hours a week, you know, sort of the stereotypical man stuff that doesn't interest me. What interests me, what lights me up, what I enjoy is spending countless hours per week uh, investing in our family and investing in myself and us as a couple and and investing in the um, possibilities for a lot of uh, girls, young women and women to connect them, to provide these events for them, to figure out how we're going to grow and evolve, to do more and to do better and to connect with amazing and impressive women like you uh, to uh, like, that's what lights me up. And so that's how I create space. I don't sleep much, (laughs) Um, but like still maintaining a full-time job and all of these other things like that, I'm able to do that because of the way that we prioritize, like Lara said, and we make sacrifices. But it's also, uh, you know, sometimes I get challenged um, on like, what are you doing for yourself? You spend so much time in service to other people. What are you doing for you? And and my answer is always the same. This is for me, because while it might seem to, you know, on the surface that this is an investment in other people, it is. But at the same time, this is like, I get so much more out of this uh, that it is uh, enriching and nourishing to me. And and so that's why creating time and and figuring out a way to move this forward is uh, it's not difficult. It's a blessing. It's, it's a privilege. Yeah. One thing I'll I'll add, Sandy, um, I think for both of us being open has been key we didn't know we were going to do this. I, I, I mean, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, I would not have come up with this as something I was doing. One piece of our story that um, we haven't shared with you is that we're actually a blended family. And so we've only been married for a couple of years. We came together in our 40s, brought our kids all together. And at that point, you know, we knew we weren't gonna need any more children wait a minute wait a minute that's a freaking awesome thing that's a whole nother podcast the blend yeah. like first of all, i was like what's a blended family i don't know what a blended family but wait a minute so did you each have two girls yes yes shut up yes. no, no. Yes. that's so, just so miracle all right when forward. i said in the very beginning that everything was organic about how it came together it truly was and and it sounds funny to say, but this is our baby, right? Because, you know, when we came together, we already had four kids. We, you know, we're in our 40s. We don't need to be uh, doing that over again. 
And, uh, you know, five years ago, we wouldn't have known that this is what we were going to be doing. So I think that openness, we were in both in very open, giving places when we met. And our relationship has been very much based on being open to possibilities. And so when I said that this just fell in our laps, it really and truly did. It just made sense and it evolved. And we looked at each other and we're like, let's let's do it. Let's keep going. And so now here we are, you know, knee deep in it. And we're not we don't necessarily know where we'll be with it next year, um, but we just we just keep doing it because as Gavin likes to say, you know, it fills our cup. It's our thing. And, and yeah. it's it's what sort of bonds us and nurtures our relationship and works for our family. So to answer, you know, the question, I think openness, just being open to all the possibilities because you never know. Yep. You never know what's going to land in your inbox on your doorstep, you know. <laughs> I always say every single day, my eyes are open, my ears are listening for every opportunity and possibility out there to, for me, spread joy to as many people as possible. And I notice there are some days I do that more than others because you can close yourself off and get stuck in the, you know, the nitty gritty and the grind. But then I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What am I doing? Who says I have to do it that way? And then all of a sudden, I can feel that lightness come over me. And to talk about your passion, I think that's really what it's about. You're so lit up and on fire about it. Whenever you're lit up on fire and passionate about something, and you are in service for other people, you will lose sleep. And it's okay, because you're so excited about doing that. Now, unfortunately, we ran out of time. I could talk to you guys forever. I just want to give you warm fuzzies, but we need to have that call to action. So let's talk about it, people. Like this is what they need, right? They want more teams to be open to their amazing workshops and coaches around the world. You have them, right? Either in person or virtually. So talk to me first. Gavin will go with you first. Like, what do we need here? What do we want people to do? Yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, we would love to have people connect with us uh, via LinkedIn or our website and say, hey, I have an audience for you. Or, you know, my daughter's team uh, could benefit from this. Um, you know, they're, I, you know, my kid goes to a school where there are faculty members who would be happy to listen to this and embrace the opportunity. Um, that's that's our biggest need right now is just more audiences and, and uh, we're, we're trying to spread uh, yeah. how many partnerships we have. Yeah. Well, you are expensive. So there is that, you know, <laughs> you, do, you do charge a lot to the team, you know, so right. tell them what you charge, which we talk about because some people don't know the value of this. But how much do you charge so our- from twenty five thousand dollars to. Right. Uh, zero. Our programs are absolutely free. And that is due mostly to the generosity of the women out there who say, I wish I had this when I was younger. I want to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. And so we have 
speakers, authors, coaches, mentors in spades who want to give this to other girls and young women. So it, it's no cost to participants, no cost to schools, no cost to teams. Um, we do a lot of fundraising. We apply uh, for a lot of grants. And Gavin and I do this uh, in our Spare time, our, our copious free time. Um, you know, we don't we don't take a salary. We don't make any money, and so you know, this is all free goodness we have to to give to people. Yeah, come on, people, come on. Everybody must know somebody that can get them in the door, and you know, you know, they're gonna love this. All right, one more time. I want to know, Gavin, you can tell us everywhere they can find you. How can they find you? How can they look you up? How can they donate? How can I know I can see the schools coming in right now. So where do they go? Yeah. So uh, hurricanes, uh, H-E-R, hurricanes.org uh, is our website. Uh, there's a, a bunch of stuff on there about it. There's a, a get involved tab. Uh, they can do that. Uh, LinkedIn for for all of the grownups. Uh, that's mostly a grown up spot. Uh, that's a great place to to not only connect with us, but also we're very active on there to to uh, tell people about what we're doing and and uh, provide updates and, and and also to to show the caliber of the women that we have within our our network and organization and the really cool uh, and inspiring things they're doing out in the world. And then uh, we're also on Instagram. Hurricanes underscore nonprofit. And anyone can send us an email, lara at hurricanes.org or gavin at hurricanes.org. And you will get a personal response from us because it, it's us doing doing the work. So you can reach out directly to us. Woohoo! All right, my let's keep it real people. They definitely kept it real. And you know how much we all appreciate you sharing this. Just even to one person, liking and rating, it will mean so much to us. And before we go, you know what I'm going to say. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you so much, Gavin. And until next time, toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.